Hi guys, welcome back to Handling It Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Roberts, and I'm so glad you're tuning in this week. As you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually have no idea what I'm really doing. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I know how to do that is by talking to others on how they're handling their lives. So today's guest is Michael Burns, bassist for the indie rock band Mount Joy. Now, if you're not a fan already, you may know of Mount Joy from some of their hits like Silver Lining or Astro Van, and you may have also heard of them since they're opening up for the Lumineers this year on their North America tour. Today, I'll be talking with Michael about his history with music, what it's like working in a band and the dynamic within that, and we're also going to be discussing this year's Grammy nominations. I really hope you like this one, so turn up the volume, get comfortable, and enjoy. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to shoot this episode. When I talked to you before, I think I had mentioned I had interviewed and done a couple episodes prior with people in the music industry, but they were yeah. pretty much solo artists and singers. So I'm very excited that you know you're a part of a band and you play the bass. So yeah. I think it's going to be yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be a different dynamic. Um, so I guess we could just kick it off by uh, talking about Mount Joy. Um, you're one of five members of the band, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. And I know you guys started debuting music in 2016, but when did the whole formation happen? Um, I think it started, I guess it was 2015, um, when Matt and Sam posted a Craigslist ad looking for a bass player. <laughs> Incredible. And, yeah, and... I had just moved to L.A. at the time, and, so, and they had recently moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for any collaborators, any gigs, any anything. So I was responding to Craigslist ads. To I was doing auditions. I was just doing anything I could. And so, right. uh, yeah, they sent me some songs, and I went and met with them, and we just, like, rehearsed. And at that time, it wasn't expected to be anything like they were both exactly Matt was Matt was in law school Sam was a lawyer at the time and um yeah we just ended up recording at my house and I played drums on some of those recordings so they're okay, still wow. out in the world I think Astrovan is still from those house sessions uh-huh um there's a version of Cardinal I believe that's still from those house sessions that's all still on Spotify Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, because when I had first heard you guys, I think I had mentioned to you, I listened to Spectrum Radio on uh, XM Radio, and I had first heard your single uh, "Silver Lining" when that came out, and I Whoa. I think that was you know one of the, the primary bigger hits that you guys had, and um, yeah, that's how I heard about you guys, and then of course found out that you're touring with the Lumineers, which is incredible. I'm sure that must be just the biggest news for you guys. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we basically just got a call from our booking agent, and she was like, we got the Lumineers gig, and that was, we were recording our second record at the time, so we were okay. like, oh, crazy, and then we had to, like, start recording <laughs> our songs, so we were Right. In the, of the studio thinking like, all right, well, we can't focus on the fact we're about to go play arenas. We have to focus on this music right now. But that's insane. And it like, I mean, 
this all happened in such a short period of time. I mean, 2016 really isn't that long ago, if you think yeah. about it. So I guess your history with music, um, did you, you know, always grow up with it in your life? I, I know that's really like cheesy and corny, but you know, was it something that you knew you wanted a profession in or was it just yeah. more of a side gig? No, it was, uh, that, that train started rolling when I was like nine. Um, okay. And I, I had, my parents made me take, uh, an instrument. Like I had to take lessons in mm-hmm. an instrument and started off on piano and I hated it. I like hated my teacher, um, which is regrettable now looking back, but right. um, whatever, I was a kid. And so I, I started playing drums from there. Okay. And uh, I had a really, really good um, teacher uh, at my high school. Or, well, I went to the same school from, like, pre-K to high school. And mm-hmm. the drum instructor there, uh, percussion instructor, was uh, a badass and um, a really inspiring guy. And okay. And so... I would watch his bands play. Um, I would take private lessons with him. And so he was pretty inspiring. And then from there, when I was like 17, I started playing bass. Gotcha. Um, just so, just cause band, like starting all these bands, um, when I was a teenager, there was never bass players. And so, mm-hmm. and then from there I got another really good teacher, uh, a bass player. Um, and he kind of inspired me, and then I went to college for it, and then was, like, making a professional living by the time I was, like, 26, so it took a while. Oh, wow, okay. When I jumped into it, but, um, and then Mount Joy started happening around that same time. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's the one thing like I never fully got into. My brother was much more the musically like gifted one. Like he could play piano without sheet music, you know, like it was just that was his thing. I yeah. always wanted to do violin or like possibly guitar, but nope. <laughs> definitely much <laughs> yeah. definitely much more the writer and but um cool. now were you originally on you were from the East Coast or West Coast? I'm or Midwest? <laughs> Right in the middle. I'm from Oklahoma. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I actually don't know much about Oklahoma at all to even ask this question, but I mean, did you grow up with a lot of like musically talented people coming from your area? Cause I know for me coming from a small town, it, it was hard to, you know, dream of places to go because there weren't a lot of people that got to really achieve those big things for me in writing, at least, um, you know, like I can't name one writer from my area that I know. So did you have an experience with that? Um, not, not really there. I mean, I had those instructors who were really crucial, Mm -hmm. um, but most of it was just grown out of, it was kind of just homegrown. Like I just got obsessed with music. Gotcha. Um, and it was just a natural thing for me. It still is one of the only things that I'm, like, decent at. So I I just kept going with it. I had super supportive parents. They they didn't really show me any music. I didn't. My sister showed me some music. I have an older sister. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just, like, early on got really into drums, and then I got really obsessed with some bands. Okay. And so, and I would go, I was, like, 
crazy obsessed with Green Day when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, weren't we all? Uh, got crazy obsessed uh, with Incubus. Uh-huh. And I would, like, write their band names all over my stuff. And um, <laughs> I think it, it was more just... It wasn't really grown out of, like, a scene in Oklahoma. Um, not one that I could find or knew about. It was more just me listening sure. to CDs in my room and um, mm-hmm. trying to learn the songs and rocking out and stuff. Well, I, I was curious to know because, um, you know, in some of my previous episodes that I've done with, you know, artists in the music industry, we had talked about a sort of stigma that can build when, you know, you're from areas where those professions aren't really popular or aren't seen <laughs> you know, much. And like, I remember when I told people I was going to go to college for journalism, they said, Oh, like you want to work for a newspaper. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, you could be a journalism major and do that, but that's, you know, not all that you can do with a degree in that. And, uh, like, I just remember having to like teach people about what I wanted to do, if that makes sense. Which is like it kind of doesn't really boost the morale, but um, I was just curious if you ever struggled with times where you felt like others didn't take your passion seriously. Yeah, Um, I was lucky enough to that where that was never a feeling within my family. Um, Okay, I had a super supportive family. Mm -hmm. Um, In that regard, I came from I come from like a very I'm very privileged in that way. Like my parents were just down; they let me get lessons and right. um, were driving me to all the things, driving me to concerts and stuff. Uh, I did, like, the school I went to was, like, a small community. Uh, definitely would run into, like, exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, someone telling you about your profession or the profession you want to do. As if you haven't heard about all the risks. Right. Uh, that's one thing that would bother me. It's, like pe- like, people seem to... <laughs> would seem to think that I haven't heard the thing that the risks that they've heard about and they don't even mm-hmm. play music or anything. Sure. Um, and, and then those same people, there's no within music, at least to them, there's no like middle ground of success or, uh, at standard average career. There's only like either just broke and, uh, working a catering job or something like that. Or there's just massive success. And you'll never not be one of those two things to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the the middle, like the middle is literally a complete gray area. Like it doesn't exist, you know? (laughs) Yeah, when the majority of people within uh, the music industry are somewhere in the middle. Like most people don't reach massive success. And a lot of people, if they stick to it, or most people, if they just stick to it and are... They're not mean people or anything. They're not, you know, unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was what, that would bother me the most. I mean, now it bothered me a lot more when they just assumed that I was broke and worth nothing. And like, <laughs> and now some of them just think I'm like a mega star. A struggling you know? artist. Yeah. And, uh, it sounds super pretentious to say, but it's kind of, it's a little true. And, mm-hmm. uh, no, for sure. And it's, it's annoying, but I mean, whatever, what can you do? Yeah. I just think, you know, I hope that with more exposure to certain things, people will 
have a better open mind <laughs> of them, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, cause that's, you know, how I found it. And, but even over the years, like I've become very good at saying what it is I do and like what I've had a career in and, you know, I've definitely built up some <laughs> self-esteem in that aspect, but in the beginning, like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, when you're 18, you're going off to college and you're, you know, really excited about that major. And for people to be like every single time, well, what do you plan to do with that degree? Or (laughs) yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. But anyways, so you are thriving and with Mount Joy, uh, you know, starting in 2016, even though it's a short period of time, it wasn't instant success. And I'm sure you, you know, struggled along the way. But um, you had mentioned this in the beginning, but if you want to talk about how you guys came together, um, you were pretty much applied Craigslist ad, but how about everybody else? Uh, Yeah, so I did the Craigslist ad and we recorded some songs and then, like, I didn't, Matt and Sam, like, didn't plan on doing music. Sam moved back to Philly. Matt Mm -hmm. was going to law school. And then the songs did well on Spotify. And so... They called me uh, wondering if I wanted to, like, be in the band. Because before it was just like, hey, this, let's play some music. What else? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew uh, Sotiris, our drummer, from playing in L.A. So we played together uh, with other things. And then my roommate at the time had just done a jam with Jackie. And mm-hmm. was like, uh, you know, I met this super great keyboard player the other night and you guys are looking for a keyboard player. So, uh, long story short, it was pretty simple and easy. It was, you know, once the ball started to roll, you know, the five of us kind of just came together and, sure, um, made a couple sacrifices in terms of, you know, uh, Matt stopped going to law school. Sam quit his job. Uh, Sotiris, Jackie, and I, you know, we we joined a band, you know, which was, I think, at the time, at least, was unique for me because I was trying to just do work-for-hire stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had started a million bands growing up and, you know, years before and kind of got burnt out on it. So I I remember thinking, like, all right, this will be the last... If I'm in another band after this one, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, this will be my last Like a plan B, yeah. My attitude towards that has changed now. Sure. Sure. But well, yeah, so yeah luckily kind of just like jumped on board and just to see where it would go and there's still a long way to go, but, um, but yeah. yeah, luckily it's taking off and everybody, I'm, I'm sure those decisions dropping out of law school wasn't the easiest, but looks like uh, it's paying off. And yeah. I think that's, what's interesting. Cause to me, like, I don't, I listen to a ton of music, but I don't know how the industry really works, you know? I think that's so interesting to hear the formation of it all as opposed to like solo artists or, you know, people who are just like truly on their own doing it while it doesn't make it any easier. I think with a band, you know, to really like form a cohesive unit, I'm sure it's challenging at times, you know, to find the right fit. And totally. I mean, it's, it's just a relation. It's like relationships. Like I feel as if I'm, um, 
you know, in a non-romantic marriage with (laughs) four people, essentially, you know, our lives are so intertwined. Um, Right. Well, and I'm sure it's also interesting because you probably have to have a great relationship with the people that you're performing with, but also like musically, I guess, would you say like a fit there? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, we, we just tracked our second record which comes out uh, this year, but uh, I was listening back to it the other day and I was thinking, wow, this is a pretty like unique group of musicians that happen to come together. Like the, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, not, I don't know, not to toot our own horn too much, but <laughs> yeah, it's a, the band does click sonically. Sure. For sure. Um, and you can't have, you know, good music or like you can't do something without that fact. But, uh, it's an interesting group of people. Like all, all the timelines of our story or timelines of all of us um, ending up in the same band is kind of wild. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to just keep working at it and uh, see what sounds come out as we go forward into the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to see where you all go and what you all do. So I guess for those who don't know about Mountjoy, um, I would categorize it as more like indie folk rock even um yeah that's safe to say cool uh so with that I mean I listen to a lot of uh indie like alternative rock um I love the Lumineers which is why I'm very excited you're gonna be touring with them um and it's such an interesting genre that I think not that it's really mainstream but has become increasingly popular I would say like even over the past 10 years So when you're working, I guess, in a band or in a musical group, if if you're writing a song or if you're creating uh, any type of work or an album, do you, you know, do you plan out how you want it to sound? Or again, I know nothing. (laughs) Or is that something that just sort of happens in the studio? Um, I would probably say the latter, like more stuff just happens, Uh um, at least with Mount Joy. Android's never, none of us have sat down and been like, we need that, that indie folk sound, you know? Right. Um, a lot of it's more just, there are certain things in the creative process for Mount Joy, uh, or at least I'm, I'm just speaking from my own experience in Mount Joy. I don't want to speak for the other members. Um, but there are certain mm-hmm. things that I think we all, at least it sounds, we all uh, pay a lot of attention to that sure. I would probably contribute to the way the band sounds. Um, we definitely, I think, hold Matt's lyrics uh, at a pretty high mm-hmm. um, importance to the um, songs. So I think first and foremost for a lot of us as individual players in the band, we're doing what we can to put those up to showcase the lyrics um, mm-hmm. with what we're playing. So you could... I think the technical term for that is text coloring, if I remember from college. But Sure. Uh, so I'd say that's a... We're not thinking about um, genre as much, but probably because we, we do focus on the lyrics like that, it, mm-hmm. it can put you in uh, to into that genre because that's obviously, like especially with bands like the Lumineers and other groups in, the, in that lane, it's obviously... Uh, a focal point for their songs. Sure. Um, and 
mean, otherwise, we're kind of, it's a pretty uh, accepting band in terms of let's just try stuff. Yeah, I, in preparation for <laughs> this interview, I, I've been listening, you know, sort of all week <laughs> on my commute to work to your nice. songs. And um, yeah, you. you have, for sure. Um, you have, like, I feel like every song sounds different from the latter. Like, really, everything has its own unique, like, style and, and soul to it. Um, especially on the stuff you've just released um, over the mm-hmm. past year. Uh, and it's interesting to look at that change. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like when Mount Joy, the origin of Mount Joy is through Matt and Sam. Um, and then, you know, the, the three other of us started playing together. And so now it's more like the first record and as songs are released, mm-hmm. it's kind of becoming a more sounding like the five of us, you know. Aw, um, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, you know, that doesn't come with its own. It's not all smooth sailing. Like sometimes sure. we're on something. Or, uh, but uh, it's been it's been really fun, at least. Who knows if the new music is going to do anything. Maybe we'll play one show and everyone's going to be like, they suck, and then we'll be done. But uh, I think we can all at least say we've been having fun making the music, especially mm-hmm. on the second record. And um, we can all, I think we can all walk away proud of it, even if no one likes it. So definitely. Well, hopefully people will like it, but, um, that brings yeah. me to another question. I think, do you find it, you know, being a band and being, you know, an indie band, do you find it harder to compete against, you know, the mainstream pop music of today where I feel like so much of it, I mean, while there is great you know, pop music out there. I'm not saying that, but so much of it is, you know, synthesized and, uh, just, you know, it's, it's so electronic. And do you find it hard to, I guess, really get in a studio and like with instrumentation, like build a work? No, I think what you're referring to those sounds and stuff, I also enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are, um, aspects in Mount Joy where we use sounds similar to that. Um, mm-hmm. So I've never felt any sort of like competition. Um, and just speaking for myself, I don't know how others would feel in the band, but right. no, no feeling of competition. Um, the whole, I, I've never really worried that much about like what the music industry is doing or I've learned not to. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and, and not from any high horse position. I just, I don't know. Music is, was always a thing like this train is rolling for me, no matter what, whether or not I was successful or, or not. I just, it's what I have to do. So it's the only thing I, I, uh, I can do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that stuff can all move and change and right. maybe I'm part of it. Maybe not. Maybe we're part of it. Maybe not. Um, yeah. I'm just curious because I feel like, you know, throughout the years, I've, like genres are changing and morphing into new things. And I, yeah, I was just curious to get your perspective on it, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you never know, like some bands just explode. Mm-hmm. Like um, when, if I ever catch myself getting worried about 
my position in the music industry or something, I'll think of, you know, Nirvana as one of the biggest bands in the world. And if you listen to right. Nirvana, that is a very strange sounding band. Mm-hmm. And aggressive and um, taking a bunch of different risks songwriting wise, and mm-hmm. they blew up. So I, I think trying to predict things and keep up and compete within the music industry, I don't know. I think that's just going to make you sad and yeah. tired. <laughs> and well, you just never know. Like, sure. Some bands explode. Some things catch on. Lil Nas X put a song out and boom. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't describe it like that. I'm sure he has uh, his own share of <laughs> troubles. And yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, because even just, this is a very small thing, but I'm a huge fan of The National, and cool. I've liked their music for a, for many a years now. I think their song, England, is one of my favorite songs, like, ever. <laughs> and um, it it was interesting, because I, I, I would talk about them with friends, and they'd have no idea or not show much interest. And then... This year, for whatever reason, I think their music was used in like TV shows. And I'm talking songs from like that they released like three, four years ago. And I've mentioned them to a couple of those same, like same individuals. And they've been like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I know their work. Like, yeah, I heard, I know their one song. So it, it's interesting to see how, I guess, technology and film and television and all that as well can resurface like hidden yeah. gems. Yeah, it's 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 definitely fun to watch. It's it's I like to take the approach of just not trying to predict it or do right uh, too much because there's anything that's been shown uh, over the course of my super short career. But uh, so that stuff just changes, and you mm-hmm. can you, like uh, something like that can happen for an artist and it can completely change their entire lives. Like they oh, get yeah. a song placement or something like that. I mean, or, look at Lizzo, which um, I, I will talk about later when we talk about the Grammys, but um, with Lizzo, I think she released truth hurts like two or three years ago. And it yeah. has become arguably the biggest song of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's and, an incredible song. Yeah. It's a like, great song. She, she's an example too of, um, they're, they're like the world was waiting for someone like Lizzo. Like she, right. in, like you know, takes on a persona and uh, an attitude that like the world has been trying to release. And there's never been mm-hmm. an artist that like has, uh, you know, taking up leadership on it recently. And she does it, and she right. does it really well. Um, no, that's another example. Like she, she just put some music out and um the world is waiting for her kind of Mm -hmm. yeah and and then she worked her ass off i'm sure and uh and is extremely talented so oh yeah i know she's just had such a year and like i don't even know her but i'm i'm so proud of her (laughs) because it's it's really amazing and i mean well i'm not a singer but I, i i realize you know everybody really hustles out there in the world and it's it's tough to to make it, <laughs> so I, I'm just happy that, you know, life has taken this turn for her. Yeah, yeah, she she you really do root for her. Yeah, yeah. 
So I guess to go along with that theme, um, you know, I've mentioned now <laughs> you are going on tour with the Lumineers and that is, is going to be, I think, really huge for you guys as a band. Are there, I guess, going on tour, you've traveled a lot and done gigs before <laughs> around around the country, but are you going to be, you know, hitting any new stops along the way that you're excited for? Uh, yeah, we were playing in Montreal. None of, well, I can't say none of us. I've never been to Montreal. Montreal has never played there. Okay. Um, I, so, I love Montreal. I'll have to send you some, some places to go, but it's amazing. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. My, my family, my parents are both big fans of Montreal. So yeah, it's to, great. To get there. It's very European, like with it being, you know, predominantly like a French area. Uh, it's yeah. it's very European. The streets are you have like the old Montreal and the new, and it, it's really really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. Very pumped. Awesome. And I guess you know a lot of artists that I talk to, they really enjoy being on the road, probably because you get to you know see some new sites and like experience new things, meet new people. But do you feel the same, or do you much prefer like being stagnant and like creating? music in one spot oh, that's a good question i mean both are both are great uh-huh. um i really like touring I, I i really like traveling um you know s- standard like i love to see the world and just uh i'm lucky that you know that's part of the reason i chose to be a musician is so you could mm-hmm. that's part of the deal <laughs> right um and but it's also it can also be very difficult. I think it's it's easy to what I'm learning now after touring for a while. Like it's pretty easy to either postpone or ignore like your kind of your emotional ecosystem mm-hmm. when you're on the road because you can be you're so busy, and then you know when you're really deep in a tour, you want to do everything you can to maintain for lack of better terms, like good vibes. <laughs> yeah. um, and so yes, I've learned that I have a bad habit of like postponing my own um, issues of dealing with them. So I'll get home and it's like mm-hmm. a, a lot more emotional baggage than what maybe uh, I would be dealing with on a day-to-day if I was home all the time. And so sure. uh, I guess that's the biggest con for me touring. So I'm, I'm trying to learn to be able to, uh, address my own, uh, emotions and, uh, kind of just deal with your own life while on the road over against just waiting until you're done. Right. Um, if that makes any sense, I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, that does. That does. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting cause I'm the type of person that I, I really can't sit still. Like I have to, with, with anything, you know, like with work, with just my day to day, like I have to constantly be moving. I have to be doing things like I I have to be busy. And, um, with that said though, I also really thrive on change and inconsistency. So I love traveling. Um, oh my gosh, when I, when I was in college and I studied abroad, I think I was literally traveling. I studied in Ireland and, uh, Nice. I was pretty much traveling every weekend, either like taking the train to random towns in Ireland or I'd go to, you know, different countries, any country I could get myself to. And yeah. uh, 
I loved it. Like I was so sleep deprived. I like literally would never know like what day it was, what time zone I was in, but I loved it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a special type of adrenaline rush with, with that, uh, mm-hmm. with traveling. Um, that I, I, I've grown to really love. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so when I'm home for too long, I miss that. You feel like you're not getting whatever. I don't know. Maybe fix isn't the right word, but, um, the feeling you get when you like get on a plane or a train and it's a different language that you're going to a new place or something oh, yeah. like that. Um, that's quite the, quite a good feeling. Definitely. I know. And well, I, you know, I told you I went to Chicago, uh, this past weekend and I was pretty much moving every single day. We were, you know, just, I, I wanted to see everything I possibly could. We did Chicago for the day. We went to Michigan and did some wine tastings and then just explored, uh, parts of Indiana it was just like a very busy weekend, but I loved it. <laughs> and even yeah. like, even when I was on my plane ride home, I, I, I like couldn't even sleep on the plane. I, I was so just amped up and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. I, For sure. uh, I did a trip, um, like a year ago to Japan and I just went and hung oh, out. Wow. And, uh, that was a super getting on that plane mm-hmm. towards, Japan and like hearing Japanese I mean it's not really that honestly it's not that foreign like I'm it's definitely a different place but I uh I can just go there from LA in one flight you know but mm-hmm. um oh yeah that feeling when you're when you're hearing people speak in a different language and you know you got to go find your hotel or whatever Airbnb and it's a whole new place right. and, it's yeah. it's terrifying because you, you have no idea what's going on around you, but also very exciting. And I, I don't know how to explain it either, but um, it, it's a great feeling. Yeah, and I have to. I always have to remind myself that like those places aren't that far. No. Like I, I had that realization when I went to Japan, and uh, like a month ago, I went uh, really far south into Oaxaca and Mexico. Okay. I just remind myself like, oh, that's not. It's you know, I fly a lot, so I save up those airline miles. I mean, it's it's not a it's not as difficult as I once thought uh-huh. uh, to get to all these places. So, no, definitely, and even like I think you're going to see that when you go up to Montreal. Like, yeah, everybody's going to be speaking French around you, but I mean, for for where we are in New York, you know, it's only about I think like a six hour drive, so it's it's really not yeah. that far away. <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> But all right, so moving on to something a little fun. I thought with the Grammys coming up, I think they're actually this weekend. So <laughs> the winners will already have been announced by the time this podcast comes out. Um, yeah. But I think we could, you know, talk about some of the heavy hitters uh, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'll do my best. All right. I know after looking at the nominees, I felt kind of bad because I wasn't even that well versed in some of the people nominated. Uh, again, having, you know, I, I listen to some pop music, but obviously not a lot because I don't know most of the nominees. Um, (laughs) but for record of the year, uh, it's Hey Ma, uh, Bon Iver, Bad Guy, Billie Eilish, Seven Rings, Ariana Grande, Hard Place, Her, Talk by Khaled, and Old Town Road, Little Nas X, and Billy Ray Cyrus, Truth Hurts, Lizzo, and Sunflower, Post Malone, and Swally. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to go first. I have some things to say, I guess. 
Um, I don't like, honestly, I haven't listened to all of these. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. I, I have, but, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. I, um, I have recently gotten into her though. It's it's interesting. I like because I like R and B, um, that I do. So, yeah, she's she's got some, like an interesting sound for sure. But I personally think, well, I guess people can argue bad guy Billie Eilish, but I think or Old Town Road. I could see that as well. But I think Truth Hurts Lizzo is gonna win. Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't know all these songs, but. Truth Hurts to me is the largest jam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Bad Guy too. I mean, I love that song. It's um, it's a jam. It's a jam. Yeah. Old Town Road, I would be, I would, I hope, I'm sure he'll win something, but uh, yeah, I just think his, his career and what's happening around that, that guy is so interesting. For sure. Uh, that I would love to see him win too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends love Post Malone. I haven't gotten into any of his stuff yet, other than what I think I've heard, just like what my Uber driver is playing. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I should, though. It, it's just, again, I'm way more like alternative rock um, R&B. And then yeah. I, I keep forgetting... Ariana Grande, a lot of people liked that Seven Rings song. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but eh, I guess she could be a contender. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I would say, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could, I'm really bad at guessing at who would win these, but yeah, I hope they all win. I hope they all get the award. Yeah, everybody should get a medal. I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, so get a Grammy. yes. All right, so album of the year, uh, Bon Iver again, um, Lana Del Rey, which I do love her. That's tough. Um, Billie Eilish is nominated again. Uh, Ariana Grande, her, Lanas X, Lizzo, and Vampire Weekend, who I also do love. Um, I think it's gonna go to. Billie Eilish, though, I think. Yeah, I suppose if I'm guessing, I would say the same thing. But I think Father of the Bride, that record is, that's one of my favorite records I've heard in the last few years. It's an incredible album. They so they I could, I haven't listened to the whole thing. I haven't listened oh, to the whole so thing. Good. Um, so good. But, you know, I, I do listen to a lot of Empire Weekend, and I have listened to a good majority of the songs off of it. So they, they could win. Because in years past, I feel like they've gone that unexpected route. I mean, didn't... I forget who won last year. But I think I Beck... Maybe it was two years ago when Beck won. And I don't think anybody thought Beck was going to win. And he won. Um, so maybe? I don't know. But I think I'm going to say my vote's in for Billie Eilish. Yeah. I could see her winning like everything. Yeah. <laughs> She's been such a big success. She's been so, and she's so young. I think she's 17. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Insane. Yeah. And she's been saying, like, I think her music was released, like, when she was 14. So that just blows my mind. 
when I was 14, I was not doing anything remotely close to (laughs) (laughs) having like worldwide success. um, Growing up, I'm sure that she had to do real fast. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's quite the roller coaster to be put on. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, I guess moving on to song of the year then. Always Remember Us This Way from the uh, A Star Is Born soundtrack. Bad Guy. You haven't? No, I don't think so. Did you see the movie? No. (laughs) Dude. Sorry. Wow. Okay. I know a lot of people think it was blown way out of proportion and very overrated. I really did love it, though, because usually I'm very much on that side of the fence where I'm like, guys, simmer yourselves down. This is not that (laughs) not that great. I really did love it, though. Um, Yeah. I mean, I love Lady Gaga. I think Gaga is really talented. Um, And Bradley Cooper surprisingly has a voice. Um, But yeah, I I I did love the movie. I don't know if that's going to win song of the year. But yeah, Bad Guy is also nominated. Um, Bring Me Flowers, Now, Brandy Carlisle. Uh, Hard Place, another song off of hers album. Uh, Lover, Taylor Swift. I will say, I feel like a lot of people give Taylor a really bad rep, but in terms of what she does, I mean, she's the only artist for Song of the Year that like, I think she wrote every song on her album all by herself, which is, I think, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's one of those people that get, she gets so popular and then it, it becomes like a trendy thing to hate on Taylor Swift or make fun of her or something. But, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I, I love her new album. Um, I, I really do love, I feel like there's such, a, I, I felt like with her last album, everything was very dark and personally for like my taste, it all had a very similar sound. Um, or at least, for a good majority of the songs, they all sounded the same to me, but this album I'm like, just really, I'm happy for because it's everything's like, everything has a completely different sound. Uh, there's like the very poppy songs. Um, there's also like some slow, I don't know. I don't know how to describe music, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there's a wide differentiation there. Um, so yeah, I, I, and Lover, it was a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Yeah, um, I mean, I uh, I would have no problem if she won. I think mm-hmm. I'm sure people would. There are people who would, but yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, also nominated, uh, Norman fucking Rockwell, uh, Lana mm-hmm. Del Rey, and Jack Antonoff. Um, someone you loved, uh, Louis Capaldi. He's had a year himself. Oh, yeah. I saw him live. Uh, really? funny. Oh, he seems great. I saw him do, um, I think, oh, I don't want to get the name wrong, but on YouTube, it's one of the magazines, I think L maybe, I don't want to say the wrong name, but they do those, uh, like artists come on and they sing. Have you seen that where they they sing the different, uh, no, not that. Um, anyways, it's, it's online, um, and he, he does this thing. It's where they give you a word. Oh, that's what it is. They give you a word, and you have to sing a song that comes to your mind. I think oh. it's L, but he, he did a version of that, and it was really adorable. He seems great and just really funny. Yeah, when I saw him live, he really handles banter in between songs like a champ. 
<laughs> he was just cracking jokes, and it was just him and a keyboard player. Um, wow. And he, and he uh, I think he kept people equally as entertained in between songs as he did when he was performing the songs. Okay. Um, Which is so, good. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, he's a, I would be pumped if he won too. Yeah, and it's a good song, so. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I, then, I, but then I really would hope that uh, Truth Hurts would win out of all of these. Yeah, years, I think. Yeah, and that that was my last. The last one I was going to say is Truth Hurts, which is, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, it's just and it's so. I love that you know it was released so long ago and it like just now got like complete worldwide success and literally was blasted on every station in the country for, yeah. I don't even know how many weeks for months. Um, yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. So yeah, maybe I, I don't know if I have a submission <laughs> for this. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple. Yeah. So I'll I guess whoever, yeah, I guess whoever gets it. <laughs> yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. Um, lastly, this one I'm actually very excited about cause my girl is nominated um, brand new artist. So, uh, Black Pumas, Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Maggie Rogers, who I love. I'll get back to her. <laughs> uh, Rosalia and Tanaka and the Bongas and Yola. Um, yeah. I love Maggie Rogers. I have been a huge fan prior, like, prior to everything that just happened with this last album, like right when her first EP came out, it was, I was in college and it literally got me through the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, I saw her live, uh, only one time, but, um, yes, yeah, she was awesome. She came out, out like in the big sequence, Ugh. uh, silver reflective outfit and her band was killer. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If she won, that'd be, that'd be crazy. For sure. I have yet uh, to see her live and it's been obviously killing me every day. I wanted to see her so bad at, uh, the Newport folk festival that happened oh, yeah. this past year. Cause she was there along with, I think Dolly Parton and Cheryl Crow. And it was just a really great lineup. Um, but I had work that day and I, I couldn't get off, but, um, oh. yeah, but yeah, she's incredible. I love her. Um, although Liz is also nominated, Billie Eilish is also nominated, Lil Nas X. I mean, it's quite, it's going to be a difficult pool to choose from, but, um, given the fact that, I mean, I don't know, uh, Yola or Black Pumas. I don't really know what they sound like. So me either. Um, actually, I've seen Black Pumas on, I think they're pretty highly regarded, even though I, I, I just don't. I never have listened to them. I'll do that later today. <laughs> yeah. I lied. I haven't heard her music, but I have heard good things about Yola. She actually performed a couple, I think it was like a month ago in New York. And um, I had heard good things. And cool. um, I've been meaning to check out her music, but, you know, I put stuff off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so brand new artist, that's going to be a tough category. But I'm just really happy that Maggie Rogers got a nomination because I don't think she was nominated in anything else. And she had some really great songs on her album. She's, she's a, uh, she's a beast. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love her. But, um, all right. So any artists or groups that you think should be in those categories that weren't? 
Um, I, yeah, there's one, one person I thought um, to be an artist of the year uh, mm. is Anderson Pack. I don't know uh. if he's ever been nominated for it before or if he's ever won it before. I don't follow it enough, but gotcha. I know he's nominated for like R&B album. Yeah. Or something like that. Or yeah. But to me, he's just such an eclectic performer. Uh, his songs are, they are super great production. Like the production on them is super great. And then also, uh, his band, the free nationals who play with him mm-hmm. are super awesome. Um, and just him on a stage is like, he's one of the most entertaining performers I can think of. I think he's up there with Lizzo as, as far wow. as, you know, working a crowd and getting what, people happy. What style of music does he do? Oh, he's like hip hop, uh, R and B. Oh, cool. And he, he, uh, oh yeah. Gotta check him out. Cause he's also a super good drummer. Awesome. And so he has a drum set on stage and sometimes he's like rapping and singing while drumming and then, so, and then he'll stand up and, and go to the front of the cr- front of the stage and, uh, work the crowd from that angle and stuff. Wow. Um, oh yeah. Check him out. Check out his tiny desk session actually. Okay. Uh, I love those. His style and stuff. I'll watch videos of him, uh, like the way he dresses and just, you know, feel like I should go completely buy new clothes. Right. Uh, try to dress more like him, but I could never pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Cool. Well, yeah, this should be an interesting, interesting year. I'm excited to see who, because I feel like somebody always takes home the most trope. Like last year, I mean, Casey Musgraves did incredible. I didn't even watch the Grammys. I just have images of her with all her <laughs> trophies, yeah. like on the red carpet. I feel like that could be Lizzo. I'm yeah. Lizzo this uh, year. I die. I love her. I, I, I'm really hoping for some wins there, but yeah. Awesome. I'm sure she'll win. For she sure. can't be ignored. Oh, no. No. <laughs> She's great. But awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope everybody checks out your music. Mount Joy is is really incredible, and I'm, I'm so excited for you guys to go on tour, and I can't wait to see, like, what's all to come for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and, uh, yeah, we're pumped to get out there and play for people. Hopefully people will come. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Cool. I'll talk soon. Alrighty. As always, thank you guys for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Michael and learning about his background with music and all of the exciting chapters he and Mount Joy are embarking on. I highly recommend you go on Spotify, Apple, your local music retailer, or wherever you get your music from and start listening to their work. And if you want to find out more about Michael and Mountjoy's journey, their social media handles will be in the episode description below. And thank you again for listening. And please stay tuned because in two weeks, we're going to have a whole new episode drop. So enjoy the rest of your days. Keep handling it. And we'll talk soon.